Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. CNBC. Midday trading is mixed on Wall Street ahead of tomorrow's testimony by Fed Chair Jay Powell. As investors hope for a hint on the direction of interest rates and what he says, the Dow is down 70 points, a quarter percent. The Nasdaq down almost half a percent, down 30 points. The S&P down one point. Insurance companies on alert today, a tropical depression forecast is set to form in the Gulf of Mexico this week. It could strengthen into a hurricane. The National Hurricane Center says if this depression reaches winds of 39 miles an hour, that would become Tropical Storm Barry. The housing market is about to shift in a bad way for buyers. Another supply shortage is on the horizon. The last housing shortage resulted in sky-high price gains. 58-cent chili dogs and hot dogs at Schnitzel from 11 to 8 to mark the chain's 58th birthday today. Jessica Edinger, CNBC. Pros do it right by grabbing everything you need in one stop so you're spending more time on the job site than away from it. Lowe's is here to help by stocking job lot quantities of treated lumber, fencing, and decking so you can load up on what you need no matter how big the job. Plus, for your next paint job, stop in and get five-gallon pails of Valspar ceiling paint for just $99. Whatever you need to do the job right, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Paint offer valid through 724, U.S. only. Introducing the new $5 Biggie Bag from Wendy's. It comes with a new bacon double stack made with a quarter pound of fresh, never frozen beef and topped with crispy apple with smoked bacon. Plus four nuggets, fries, and a drink all for just five bucks. That's right, just $5. The new $5 Biggie Bag from Wendy's is everything you could ever want. Well, at least for lunch. Try Wendy's new $5 Biggie Bag today. Biggie Bag includes four-piece nuggets, small fries, and a small drink. Fresh beef available in the contiguous U.S., Alaska, and Canada. Approximate weight before cooking. Price and participation may vary in Alaska and Hawaii. NBC News Radio. I'm Brian Shook. President Trump is defending Labor Secretary Alex Acosta, saying he has done an excellent job. Acosta is under fire for helping to broker what some call a sweetheart plea deal for billionaire Jeffrey Epstein in Florida years ago when he was a U.S. attorney in a case involving sexual abuse against minors. A new candidate is throwing their name into the race for the Democratic presidential nomination. San Francisco-based billionaire Tom Steyer, a hedge fund manager turned activist, released his video announcement this morning. Previously, Steyer was known in politics for television ads calling for President Trump to be impeached. Job openings across the nation are falling due to declines in the construction and transportation industries. Tom Roberts has more. The Labor Department reports job openings fell 49,000 in May to a seasonally adjusted 7.3 million. Hiring is down 266,000 to 5.7 million last month with the largest decrease in the professional and business services industry. Brian Shook, NBC News Radio. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Do you know where you are? Well, you've done it now. You're listening to KCAA Loma Linda, your CNBC news station. So expect the unexpected. Welcome to Smart Health Talk with your host, Elaine McFadden. So, Dave, 
Welcome to Smart Health Talk. I'm so glad. Thank you, Lynn. Good. <laughs> okay. Um, go ahead and just. So know, good. Let, well, let me say one, one thing first. Oh, sure. Um, I was not part of the group of people who created the standards for the USDA. I was part of the group of people who created standards in Vermont before the USDA got involved. So before the USDA got involved, uh, all the states or many states had their own organizations. Vermont's was called Vermont Organic Farmers. California was CCOF, California Certified Organic Farmers. So, and these, uh, Maine had MOFCA. So all these different um, groups created their own standards, which are very similar. Very little differences. Uh, there was uh, pretty close to consensus, but slight differences. When um, the Organic Food Production Act was passed, then the federal government tried to create one standard, one ring to rule them all. And um, and I was not one of the people who was working with the government on that when the... Uh, Government got involved. I felt I'm one person. What can I do? Federal government has spoken. And uh, I think the people who were involved in setting that up were people of good faith, and they were doing their best, and they created the, – the law was very good law. Organic Food Production Act really pretty much got it right about what, what organic means. And <clears throat> there was always this tension – between the organic community and uh, the USDA. USDA was not uh, uh, a happy partner in that marriage, nor was the organic community. It was, as, as some people have said, a shotgun wedding. And um, yet, you know, by and large, I think a great deal of the program was pretty good. All, uh, the standards were pretty good and they're pretty well implemented. Over time, we all started to be challenged by our success, and um, as as the organic label became known to more and more people in the world, and people turned to it not because of a great advertising campaign, but because of growing uh, consumer concern about the food they were buying, and they were turning to organic as as the safest alternative they could find, which is wonderful. It's wonderful that people were becoming more and more aware of the failures of the industrial organic food system. But do you think and it I, would have been better to stay in the state's hands? Because we kind of... We yeah, that, that would have been my preference, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, here's the interesting thing. The program, as it developed, is much more uh, rigorous. It's got a lot more regulations. It's got all these rules for inspectors and certifiers. And you would think that that would mean that the standard would have more integrity. But in fact, I believe the opposite is true. I think that the old days, there was some cheating that went on. People are people, and some people will cheat. But I think that uh, it was not so widespread, and I think it was caught as we went along. And now we have problems, which is that the um, the cheating is essentially embraced by the by the USDA. It's supported by the USDA. Not all of it. Some of it they're fighting, but a great deal of it is being allowed by the very people who are meant to police it. And um, then you got a serious problem when the sheriff is working for the bad guys. You got a serious problem in town. So uh, what I've been involved with for the last six years or so was a pretty strong effort to try and reform the National Organic Program, and um, I think we failed. We failed pretty, pretty miserably. However, in the process of that, what we didn't fail at was that we've been successful. I think at sort of reigniting uh, the organic community, the the hundreds of thousands, even millions of people who do care about this and are somewhat knowledgeable and understand what organic means to some degree. And um, there are millions of people who want to buy food that is really grown in the soil. They want to buy, 
if they're buying an animal product, uh, meat, milk, or eggs, they want to get it from animals that lived outside on the grass. And that's not necessarily what they're getting right now from certified organic. So I always say, and it's important to remember, the vast majority of certified organic farms in America really are organic. They're real organic. But we have to then always say the second part of that, which is that it's not true that the vast majority of food that's certified organic is real organic. And we, we face some serious uh, challenges. The worst is probably eggs. I, I would say 80 to 90% of the certified organic eggs sold in America come from CAFOs. Uh, a CAFO, that's a C-A-F-O. It means Concentrated Animal Feeding Operation. It's a USDA term. It's a confinement operation. The chickens are all locked up inside. They've never been outside in their lives. And uh, because of various problems with uh, setting the standards and enforcing the standards, right now that market is completely dominated by these industrial suppliers they're they're not nice places uh, a large chicken cafo with a you know whatever half a million birds inside you would not like living next to it and you don't want to eat those eggs but who knows that's the problem is that someone goes to the store they want to buy an egg from a chicken that was genuinely outside they genuinely went out walked around the grass ate a little grass ate some bugs you know scratched in the dirt and that's not what we're getting and we're being cheated, and we're being cheated by the government. And so, as a politician, we're being cheated nutritionally. And I don't know if you, if you saw what Canada did, because people can say, well, where's the proof of that? Canada did an incredible study, their broadcasting system. And I was so moved by the farmer um, when they told him the results of the nutritional data that I had to put that on my YouTube because it, it really got to my heart, but they tested all those different types, even the organic uh, ones that are the concentrated animal feeding, like you said. And this guy, um, this one farmer that I'm referring to, his chickens did just what you were talking about, Dave. He get, They got to walk outside, peck at the dirt, be real chickens. And when they did the nutritional testing, this guy's nutrition was like, off the charts compared to the other eggs by far right. his That's vitamin right. d the omega-3s you know the vitamin a all of that like in in the egg and levels way higher and i'm just thinking like you know when we buy food we're buying it for nutrition and right. the this and that's why i got so passionate about the hydroponic issue is because i thought there's no way we can create the nutrition that comes out of the soil with some sort of a, a an input line with some liquid mixture in it. Um, I don't care if it was an organic source or not, because what happens in the soil is incredibly magical. And I listened to that other podcast that you did, and I thought in that podcast you just did a beautiful job of explaining what happens in the soil, because it truly is something that is one of the most incredible things on this planet. And the fact that that's where our food comes from, the way it's supposed yeah. to be grown. I just always have imagined before I even became a dietitian, when I was out selling organic produce in the 80s in my old suburban truck, I thought, you know, what would it be like if people ate this high quality concentrated nutrition food all the time? You know, if we we got if we got all the our body got all the nutrition that it needs every day, what kind of people would we be? And I kept think, thinking that that would isn't that the way to being closer spiritually and more in tune with ourselves and everything else around us when our body is clean and healthy and being nourished. And so that's why I became a dietitian. I wanted to help people achieve that level. And when I see the food in the grocery store, there's just nothing there, hardly, you know, except yes. the edges. And then I look at that organic produce now, and I'm like, gosh, that makes me feel terrible that I can't even wholeheartedly 
tell people to buy that. But there is one segment of the food system that I can wholeheartedly tell people to buy from, and that's their local farmer. Yeah. That is the only way. When when I learned, Dave, on how many um, like different methods of fumigation and controlled temperature, you know, and all these things that they're manipulating food before it even gets to the store, I just can't even believe it. And I'm just thinking the only way you can ensure that none of that happened to your food is by Farmer Direct. And I want to do everything I can to start a program. I came up with, like, don't you have a right to know if it's hydro? Right. <laughs> you know? That's right. That's right. Well, you know, there's this, there's this kind of amazing science experiment that's going on right now, which is, you know, what if you fed people food that was grown in a purely industrial way as inexpensively with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. ...as possible with unknown nutritional consequences, and that, that diet is being tested on us, <laughs> on the American people, and we are the lab rats. And, um, you know, it's, it's... I had a group of students who came from Dartmouth College, and they were doing a project for NASA a little science project, and it was to design a food system for a space station on Mars. And they came to me and said, I know what you believe, but and we're, we have to do it hydroponically because there's no soil. Right, I know, I know. The Martian, right? They got it right in the Martian. But they said, we found that, that um, there's no way to do it. We're going to have to do it hydroponically. We can make it completely energy neutral, all run by solar energy. What do you think the effect will be health-wise on the people eating this diet, a purely hydroponic diet. Oh, I love it. I said, yeah, great question. I said, uh, how long are they going to have to eat it? And they said, two years. I said, you know, probably okay. Ten years, I wouldn't count on having kids. And and I was serious because, you know, the idea that, that it doesn't matter what we eat, of course it matters. It just as it matters what the chickens eat. That's why the eggs for that chicken farmer were so superior nutritionally because they were eating a different diet. They were eating the diet that they evolved to eat for, you know, a long time. Many, many hundreds of thousands, even millions of years. Depends on how far back you go and what you consider an ancestor. We're all part of a system. We evolved together. Yes. The 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 soil, the life in the soil <clears throat> co-evolved so that it it made it that the microbes in the soil are fed by the plant in return they feed the plant we evolved as part of that of, of that system so we are fed by a plant that is part of that system that is getting a really balanced nutrition we're not smart enough to figure out how to replicate that in a laboratory and it's fascinating you know they've done they've done things where they take and they make vitamins they they figure out that some secondary, uh, some plant secondary metabolite appears to be an anti-carcinogen. So they make a vitamin out of it, and they give it to people in a test situation, and it never quite works out. In fact, sometimes it actually gives them cancer, and that's because that's one secondary metabolite out of forty-five thousand. And they don't know what about the relationship to the others and what about the balances and the ratios and what synergy is there between three or five or a hundred of those working together. It's a complicated system. It's a beautiful system. Yeah, we actually don't need to know all that. Right. You're taking like one little thing from the whole and you expect this one little thing to act like the whole together when there's exactly. so many other things in there that are supporting it's over here by itself, and it's like, no, no, don't leave me by myself. I need my game right. here and back in the food, you know? If I'm right. to do what I'm supposed to do. 
that's the way I feel. And I I see these supplements and I know just what you're talking about in that beta carotene study where they, you know, thought, oh, this is going to stop lung cancer and gave all those people beta carotene. And then they got more cancer when they had a supplement. And it comes back to it's the carrot. It's not not that (laughs) one little chemical. And, you know, it's so amazing, um, Dave, because people don't even realize that stevia they're, they're buying the stevia stuff, and all the government ever approved is one chemical in stevia. They never approved the whole plant. And to achieve that one chemical takes 17 chemical processes to isolate that one chemical in stevia that is allowed. This is how convoluted, you know, our food system is getting. That no, you have to go through 17 chemical processes before you get to that one. And that's only because we have big corporations that are now controlling our food system. And that was the beverage company. They didn't want the whole stevia plant to be approved as a sweetener because they right. want to control that one chemical. So they, they got the, fed, the federal government to only approve one chemical. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, you know. Who runs our food system? And to me, we have to accept the fact it's not in our hands anymore. We had Dr. Latham on like a week and a half ago, and he said that the FDA is pretty much, you know, a fraud. You know, the EPA, excuse me, the EPA is pretty much a fraud because they really haven't tested. And when I think about nutritional studies as a dietitian, I'm thinking, what food are they feeding these people? some pesticide-laden GMO food, and they can, like, somehow uh, decide, oh, this, this is better for you than this over here. Just like the egg. I never bought into that egg yolk is bad for you. The egg is perfect. <laughs> I never told one single patient, don't eat that egg yolk, because I didn't believe in it. And sure enough, they come, oh, you know what? We made a mistake. That egg yolk actually is healthy for you. And I think about all those egg yolks that ended up in the trash. All that great food wasted. You know, it just, and then, you know, another, uh, you know, we have like Tyson, you know, going into the organic industry. And they're, um, they build, they're building like a, a place in Baltimore to receive grain from other countries to feed their organic chickens. Other countries, we know 70% of that is fraud. So how, and then what happens, I kept saying, they're going to, they're going to destroy the integrity of the organic meat market. And sure enough, it wasn't like a month ago, recall, organic Tyson chicken nuggets. Right. So I think that, that, you know, what we see is that there is a lot of corporate invasion of uh, organic certification and the question is you know what do we do about it and what what I have found is that um, trying to f- fix it at the National Organic Program has not been very successful and uh, well it's been beyond not very successful it's been unsuccessful it hasn't worked and uh, it, it it it's simple that we don't run that we the the, the organic advocates, the organic farmers don't run that, don't control it. So the Real Organic Project that, that uh, I am a part of has decided to stop asking for permission and see if instead we can do something on our own. And so we're creating a label. As it, 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 right now it's an add-on label. So we do request that, that farmers be certified organic and some won't I respect that? But for those who do and are part of uh, uh, the food system where that label means something, we're trying to create a label that will still mean something after people learn more. So it's pretty simple. We're saying, look, you gotta be involved in a food system that is maintaining and improving the fertility of the soil. You can't be hydroponic. You can't be a CAFO. You've got to have genuine animal welfare standards on your farm. And, uh, you know, uh, cattle have to actually go out on pasture. Um, mm-hmm. You talked about, about the Canadian research, and, and I'd actually like to see that if you send it to me after this. But uh, Washington Post has done major stories on all of this. They did several stories on 
on the um, poultry industry, egg industry. They've done story on the uh, fraudulent grain imports, front page story on the uh, CAFO dairy Aurora in Colorado. And they went and they tested the milk and it did not show any signs of conjugated linoleic acid, which is the marker for pasture. And they compared it to other milks and you know, it was a, essentially a conventional milk. And they visited the farm a number of times. They did flyovers. And they never could find very many cattle out on pasture, nor enough pasture to have the capacity for the, whatever, 15,000, 17,000 cows to go out. So they're pretty compelling uh, proof. Those, those series of stories in the Washington Post were just spectacularly done. It was a yeah, sad that's story. Odd information about that's the right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he. Peter Wariski did a fantastic job, and you know it's a it's a grim story, but I believe it's better that we know the truth yes. and then deal with it as as we will, rather than live in a happy illusion. So, given the fact that probably half the milk in America is coming from an organic milk, certified organic, is coming from a CAFO. And over three quarters of the certified organic eggs are coming from a CAFO. And at this point, we don't know how many of the berries, but we know a lot of the organic berries are coming from hydroponics. Tomatoes, well over half are coming from hydro. So what do we do? That's the question. If that's not the food that you want to eat and... Let's say that you're not fortunate enough to live in Vermont next to a farm that has a CSA where you can know your farmer and, and talk to them about how what and, and even in Vermont, Elaine, I go to a store and buy a lot of my food. And I live on a beautiful Vermont farm. And in the winter, everybody in Vermont goes to the store and buys a lot of their food. And we can't always get the food we want, even if we go to the local co op. Um, if I go to my local co-op, which I love, it's a very good store, and I want to buy some certified organic chicken, it's smart chicken from Nebraska or wherever it is. It's CAFO chicken. And um, how do we develop alternatives to that and develop enough pressure that the stores will offer us what we want? So that's why we've created a label. We're working on it last year. Real Organic Project certified 70 farms across the country. That's a small start when you figure we've got 12,000 to go. But yeah. nonetheless, it was a pilot program, and it was a great start. And we got some of the leading pioneering farms as well as some of the greatest young farmers coming up to be, to be certified. We're certified from California to Maine, down to Florida, over to Texas, and we even have one in Hawaii. So uh, we have... Members of the National Organic Standards Board who are farmers who are certified with us. We've got a group of 45 board members, three boards, and just a tremendous uh, group of uh, highly respected voices in the organic movement. And this is going to happen. This is going to happen. I'm so excited about this. I am we're so going to build this up. We're going to win one farm at a time, and then we're going to win one eater at a time. And, you know, once we hit a, a critical tipping point in the farms, then you're going to be able to go to your store and say, uh, you should already go to the store and say, does I this milk come it. from a CAFO? Do, do these eggs come from a CAFO? Are these tomatoes hydroponic? But right now you go to the store and they won't know the answer. Not their fault. They don't know. I've done it. I, I, I was out in L.A. I was in Hollywood. I went to... Um, a very nice guy in Whole Foods, and I asked him, are these tomatoes hydroponic? And he didn't know. And after a while, I was leaving. He said, can I ask you a question? I said, sure, what? And he said, what was it you asked me? I said, about them being hydroponic. He goes, yeah. What's that mean? I said, oh, that means that basically the plant gets all its nutrition from a liquid fertilizer feed instead of from the soil. They're not in soil. He said, well, that, that doesn't seem right. Is that considered organic? I said, well, I don't consider it organic. But right now, the USDA does consider it organic. So, yes. And he said, well, I've never seen any labeling. I said, no, they don't have to label it. So he said, that's not right. I said, I agree that's not right. But it was beautiful. This guy cared. 
He had a beautiful produce department at his store. Almost everything was local within 60 miles of L.A. They, they, they brought it in. He cared about his customers. He cared about the food. And he cared about the integrity. If 50 people went into every store in America tomorrow and asked them, are these tomatoes hydroponic? Are these eggs grown in a CAFO? We win. If 50 people went into every store, I promise you there would be a revolution because all the owners of those stores would be getting messages from every store going, yeah, they, they, they're asking if they're careful. I don't even know what that means. They're going to find out. And then what they're going to find out is, yes, they probably are from a CAFO. Yes, they probably are hydroponic. And um, I happen to know those tomatoes were hydroponic because I talked to the grower the next day who, who, had, who had sold them to Whole Foods. So, you know, we can do it. But one of the things we have to do is not just burn down the house by, by saying, is, is this hydroponic, is this CAFO? We also need to work on making sure there is a viable alternative, which there is. There's lots of real organic farming in America. Most of it is. Although I'll tell you, we're losing the real organic farmers day by day. Right now, the real organic dairy farmers are having a terrible time. They're being pushed out of business by the CAFOs. Hundreds of farms every year are going out of had, business. I just had my dairy farmer tell me he, he brings it uh, fresh right from the cow in a glass jar. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Within hours to my house. Yeah. I am so spoiled. It is like yeah. this incredible... I live for drinking that milk. I just think it's, I feel like I'm a queen drinking that. And he told me, he said, I just, this is hard for me. You know, I really, I can't do it. It's more work than I thought. And because his, it's offsite. He has to drive to where the cows are. And I said, well, have you ever thought of like going to nonprofits that have money to support uh, low income people and maybe bringing on an intern or like an apprentice where they can pay you for being the teacher to help train him to have his own dairy farm. Uh, but we have to have the customer support. But I know that all his customers were like loving the milk. So yeah. I'm like, well, how can we, I, and I've been thinking for the past two weeks, how can I make it work for him? Because I'm selfish. I want my milk for my Absolutely. Sister. Absolutely. We had a symposium at Dartmouth College last winter. And um, we had, oh, God, we had great people come and speak. And one was a, was a berry farmer, and he grows blueberries in the soil. And uh, he grows delicious blueberries. I've bought them. But he's going out of business. He's going out of business because hydroponic blueberries can be produced cheaper. There's no doubt about it. There's a reason that hydroponics thrives. There's a reason that CAFOs thrive. They are cheaper means of production. They they produce food that costs less to produce and is worth less. The and food is worthless. And paying the same price, Dave. And, yes, well, I know. Somebody's making the money. Profit, and we're paying for cheaper, cheaper food, cheaper quality, same price, and they're over there pocketing big profits and leaving the soil farmer out in the cold. That's basically what's happening. Yes, but I am happy to pay more food, more money for good food. I'm happy to pay more for real eggs. I'm, I will pay lots more for real blueberries. They taste delicious. But here's the challenge that we all have. It's just what you described. If my friend that grows blueberries, and he grows 20 acres of blueberries, it's a lot. He, he ships a semi-load of blueberries every week during the season. If... Um, he can't get stores and chains to carry them. You won't have the choice, and I won't have the choice. And the stores and chains are like made a deal with the devil. <laughs> so they're, they're getting them from a supplier who provide them with blueberries every day of the year, year-round. 
and and many of them are hydroponic and many of them aren't they can't tell they don't care they're certified right and so and I we think have no way of knowing Dave because I wanted to ask you during this conversation how can we get a list started I brought it up before and how can we get a list started so we know and we look at the label and see it was by this farm, just like you did the research on that one farmer. I actually had that this Cabo Farms call the radio station because yeah. I found on LinkedIn their hydroponic person on LinkedIn, pure as day, hydroponic, and they had the gall to call my station and say that my graphic that said that they were hydroponic was wrong. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I did. And then after they said that, I went back and I retracted my steps. And I'm like, oh, here, here was my proof right here. Because I know I don't do anything unless I have proof, right? So let me say, I, I know that farm. And I served on the USDA hydroponic task force with somebody who worked for them. And at that point, they were growing hydroponically. Yes. But they have told me that they've stopped that. So I have no reason to doubt them, and good. I'm thrilled that they stopped that. If you want to try and find, it's very hard to find out. If you want to find out, um, see, this is what I mean. It's hard to find. Who's out. hydroponic? The best that I know of is Cornucopia Institute has a list that they worked on to try and identify the major hydroponic producers. I don't know if they're keeping it up to date because they're pouring in. It's it's like the the dam has broken. And the hydro conventional producers are pouring in now, switching over the nutrient feed in their tank and saying, okay, now I'm using an approved um, hyd uh, you know, organic solution. And it's still highly processed, plant-available fertilizers, but uh, it's, it's sort of like, you know, I was just reading a great book by Mark Schatzker called The Dorito Effect. Excellent book. I highly recommend it. And he's talking about uh, many things in that book, but one of the things he talks about is the artificial flavoring industry. And um, if they label it natural flavor on the bag of chips or the yogurt container, what that means is that the flavoring was derived from natural substances. So it could be some kind of hydrolyzed protein, it could be a yeast, it could be from pine bark, and in the end it comes out tasting like strawberries. But because it came from pine bark instead of from coal tar, it's considered natural flavor. And they'll pay a little bit extra for that because people read it and go, oh, natural flavor, that sounds okay. It's not okay. <laughs> and it's not, his beautiful point is it's not that the artificial flavorings or the natural flavorings necessarily make you sick it's that they trick your body so that you can no longer taste nutrition we are programmed to seek out nutritious foods it is our natural wisdom and we do that based on flavor and uh, and flavor is a combination of taste of your tongue and smell and and it's fascinating we have um, uh, aroma receptors like all the way down to our gut and and Sensing those aromas is a big part of flavor for us. So flavoring that is added, so if you get some yogurt that's got natural strawberry flavoring, it's not actual strawberries. It's, it's pine bark or yeast or whatever that they've synthesized to make um, it taste like strawberries. And it tricks your nose, and what it and it tricks your tongue, and it tricks you into eating a bunch of stuff that is nutritionally deficient. It's both nutritionally less dense. It's also fascinatingly nutritionally less diverse. So they know they've tested the food over the last sixty or eighty years, and they know that basic whole food stuffs are less nutritious now than they were eighty years ago. The potatoes are less nutritious. The tomatoes are less nutritious. The milk is less nutritious. That's All this stuff. More mad because, and I got to, I got to add to that, Dave, because I was in an Uber, uh, and I asked the driver if he'd ever eaten organic food. Because all the time I'm trying to sell it, and so I was like, uh, "He goes." I've talked to a lot of Uber drivers in my time too. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, 
um, did, did you try it? He goes, yeah, but it really wasn't, you know, that great on taste. And I go, where did you get it? He goes, I go, what did you buy? He goes, uh, some peppers at Trader Joe's. And I go, yep, they were hydroponic. And I said, that's not real organic, real organic food that, that it would just wow you. And then I started to think, Dave, they're winning. They know that. And they're winning because just like you said, they're desensitizing people even to what real organic tastes like. Yes. And this is like pissing me off beyond belief, you know, yes. because he wasn't wowed by it. And so that's not motivating him to support the organic industry. Well, and they, 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 they're winning because they des desensitize us to what the real organic tastes like. And they also uh, numb us. You know, one of the things that, that you can see the corporations do now, they're no longer trying to fight us. They're no longer saying, oh, organic doesn't matter. Now what they're saying is mm -hmm. organic matters and we have organic. Right? They're changing the definition of the word. They did it with natural. Now they're doing it with organic. Next up on the chopping block is regenerative. They're not even going to make it out with a label before Monsanto is embracing regenerative. We love regenerative, right? General Mills, we love regenerative. So, and it's not that, I mean, what people mean, the, the pioneers by regenerative, we should all bow down. What they mean is what organic meant. And it's, it's the right thing. But the problem is whatever brand we come up with, the corporations have figured out we're not going to fight it. We're going to steal it. <laughs> we're going to claim it as our own. And so we have to be more sophisticated, which is the work that you do, informing people. And we have to go beyond more than just a label. And we have to be thoughtful. And we have to go, well... What does real organic mean? What is organic really about? And I would say organic is really about embracing and supporting the incredible biological diversity of a healthy soil. And how do I work with that to produce food that genuinely tastes better, which, and the taste will be the proof that it's genuinely nutritionally superior and it has both greater density of nutrients, but also greater diversity of nutrients. There, there are many, many compounds in food. And uh, food as it's grown in the industrial system is getting to be simpler and simpler. And that's not a good kind of simplicity. As, as uh, I think it was Einstein said, there's a simplicity side of complexity that isn't worth a nickel. And then there's the simplicity on the other side of complexity that is priceless. And that's what, in a good organic farming system, we're trying to seek that simplicity on the other side of complexity. Organic is all about embracing complexity. It's about embracing this amazing biological diversity. And you have so much going on in a healthy soil system, you can't control it. You can't even understand it. You can do your best to protect it and enhance it feed it, support it. That's what a good organic farmer does. We are livestock farmers, and we're trying to figure out how to do the best job of feeding the livestock in the soil, most of whom we can't see. But they're there, they're alive, the soil is teeming, and how do we keep that going and, and build neighborhoods in the soil that are as diverse as possible? Yeah, let's Because that is stronger. Let's build food and like, let's just think about that for a second when we're going to actually build a piece of food. And when I think of, I compare that to like building a house and you have to have all, there's certain materials that you have to have to build a house. If it's going to stand up, you know, and the weather gets bad and that it's not going to fall apart, kind of like, you know, the big bad wall. <laughs> um, yeah you know, blow your house down. And so um, the thing is, I always think about this as a dietitian um, because I mentioned nutrients. And if you're, if you're using this hydroponic solution and the original blueprint of like that tomato, the original blueprint calls for this long complexity of nutrients, just like you were talking about. And if it's in the soil, it's going to use it. 
to make that yeah. tomato because it's right there and it's available and it's in the blueprint of that tomato. But if you're using a hydroponic solution that's missing all kinds of nutrients when you're building that tomato, what is being plugged into that slot where this other nutrient that is only available in the soil is supposed to be? What is being plugged into that slot when you're building that tomato? And I think I have read somewhere that it was starch. Mm. So if you think about that, it, sound, it makes a lot of sense when we look at the obesity epidemic. Because if people's right. food, instead of being full of nutrients, is now being full of starch right. that was being put in that place, what are we doing to our health? And, and there are two things about that. One is that because you're growing that, that pepper from Trader Joe's that's kind of tasteless, you're going to put something on it if you do eat it, ranch dressing or whatever. To, to mask its that tastelessness. Point, that is really good. Right? And that's the danger. That's what the Dorito effect is about. The danger of, of having whole foods that are nutritionally deficient is that we start dumping stuff on so we don't notice it. Yes, we end up pepper. eating. Oh, yeah, that's you know, right. that pepper is super sweet. And it's delicious. Yes, <laughs> you just grab it and you bite into it and it's crunchy and and the tomato even. I, I go in my greenhouse and I have one of my little guy tomatoes and I am genuinely oh, delighted. I'm delighted. I am like, whoa, that is I good. A strawberry this big, Dave, <laughs> that had 10 times the flavor than one this big. Yes. And so I that's know, the other that's thing. That's the other thing. I know. That's I know that would be good. <laughs> that's the other thing. That's the other thing that's a problem with with those uh, hi, like hydroponic techniques. And you go, well, the plant doesn't take advantage of all that complexity because the complexity isn't there. What happens is the breeders start to breed for the hydroponic system. And just as in the field, they start to breed for the conventional system, and conventional agriculture is hydroponic. Hydroponic system is where you, the human, provide all the nutrition as a liquid feed. Okay, in the ground, in the field, they don't put it all on as a liquid, but basically they're running a system where the soil is just there to hold the roots and let the water go through, and the nutrition is provided out of a bag. It's a hydroponic system. As it goes into water solution, the plant takes it up. And it's completely different from real organic farming, which is just this kind of beautiful, beautiful thing where you're, you've got a symphony. You've got a symphony. And it sounds poetic, but the truth is for organic farmers, they're, they're scrambling to make a living. And, they, you know, they're not getting rich. They're scrambling to make a living, and they're trying to figure out how to do it in a world where even though what they're producing is obviously superior, if you taste it, and genuinely superior, and nonetheless, they often are going out of business, even though you and I and millions of people would pay more for their food. But we are not being offered that choice. And in, and I can tell you, I... I I, I had one chain that I have since parted ways with, but I sold I sold tomatoes to them for many years. We were their organic tomato, and they were good people to deal with for many years. And then, as the hydroponic wave came in, they started to put more and more pressure about price. They just I said, you know, your customers love our tomatoes, and I said, Dave, I get it. You have the best tasting tomatoes in the country. We know that but they're not dipped in gold. So we're in business. We don't want to look like the expensive one. We can get these ones that are certified organic cheap. We can get them year-round on our shelves. They look beautiful. you got to cut your price. I said, well, I'm sorry, I'm not cutting my price. That's what it costs to produce the food that actually tastes good. So I will find a different store. Have, to work. Why couldn't they have Dave's, you know, um, you know, your farm uh, is it when wild wind farm? Your long farm. wind farm. Long wind. Yeah, long. Wind. 
Yeah. Longman Farm. Uh, that's everyone. That's Dave Chapman's farm. If you want to go to his website and learn more about him. But um, why couldn't they have? It would be interesting to run a comparison and have the, these. Uh, this is Longman Farm. Dave Chapman's tomatoes here, and here's the other organic tomatoes, and just see if. Um, people would be willing to pay the extra price because I agree with you. But I wanted to bring it, you reminded me of another huge concern that I've had. And I um, I won't buy them, but unfortunately my husband, he likes tomatoes um, during the winter time and he would buy the hydroponic tomatoes. And sure. I've gotten where I can't even, I can't even eat them anymore. I, they just so disgust me. Um, but anyway, the uh, I have a compost pile. And I was putting all my stuff in the compost pile and you get volunteers. When you go put your soil other places, all of a sudden these tomato plants were popping up. And you know what I realized, Dave? Those seeds are different. They produce a different kind of tomato that is the tasteless tomato, just like all those other hydroponic tomatoes. And I just started thinking, what are, we're unleashing these friggin' hydroponic tomatoes in compost piles all over the country. And, yes. and now they're going to get in what, cross-pollinate with our other ones and destroy our seed line? Elaine, let me tell you one interesting thing. The Dutch seed house that we bought our seeds from, very high quality, unfortunately bought out by Monsanto, but this was before that. And they told me that... Uh, Yes, we sell these tomato varieties mostly to hydroponic growers, but we produce them in the soil because the seed has greater vitality that way. I thought that was so interesting. Listen, before we go, because I know we're getting so towards the end, let me just... They came from the soil originally, or... I, oh, originally, yes. Originally, I'm yes. They still don't the taste good. They're bred, they're bred for that hydroponic solution. Oh, they're bred for the hydroponic so let me just, before you know, we get to the end, I want to just make sure people can find more information. Yeah, Realorganicproject.org is our website. We are recruiting farmers from around the country to get certified with us this year. So if somebody's a farmer or you love a farmer, tell them about us. Have them get in touch with us. We have an online application. And um, we are going to rock it. We are going to do a great job, and we're, we're asking, yes, all the farmers to join. We're also asking that the eaters also speak up. Go and just ask. Go to your store. Go to your co-op. Go to your supermarket and say, Is, are these organic tomatoes hydroponic? Are these organic eggs CAFO? If all of us ask, we will win. We need to become active. We need to become soldiers about this because I promise you the other side. I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to fight. Very well funded and they're very strategic about this. We are not up against a bunch of dithering idiots. They're, they might lack wisdom, but they don't lack cunning. So we need to be together. We need to talk about this with each other. We need to spread the word. I know you're spreading the word, so that's great. Well, but, what about um, a mentor program? Let's get organized. What about within the real organic project as you're bringing on these different farmers? Um, as you were talking, this I'm just thinking about my dairy farmer and yes. trying to brainstorm ways to think about him. And I thought, what about a mentor program? I feel like he's all alone and he yeah. went through this whole experience by himself. And I just thought if we could connect farmers to other farmers. Um, I've had the same. Idea. I've had the same idea, and we'll get there. We'll get there. We're gonna. We need. We need an advisory service for organic farmers. We'll get there. But we're just babies. We're just starting out. Right now, we're, I'll tell you, certification is free for the farmers, and that's because people like you, like me, farmers, eaters, everybody, foundations are contributing to pay for it. So, so it's uh, free to get certified. It's you guys. free to get certified. Wow. You can't beat that. That's right. Well, I so tell we're, 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 my, all my local farmers when I go to the farmers market, I'm going to tell them. Good. I'm going to tell the person that runs the market too to make sure that she's informing any new people that come uh, that they can get certified. And we need to do recruitments about that. Like if we contact like local harvest, 
you yes. know, they have they have that great directory. I send people to that all the time to find a local farmer's market or a local farmer. Maybe somehow they can reach out because they have that information for all those farmers in their whole directory. Maybe That's great. Yes. So all these ways that we can organize locally and to build it nationally. When, when we started, I thought it would just be maybe a Vermont thing. But I heard from farmers around the country, please, please. The, the, the example I always use is an Oklahoma farmer whom I greatly respect. And she said, please, Vermont can do it without Oklahoma. But Oklahoma can't do it without Vermont. We need to come together. And I agree. I go in, in January, and I'm buying food from California. I just got goosebumps so, again when you said that. Because I, I, it just means so much to me, you know, because the farmers that I have met in my life and work with were the best people I ever knew. Yeah, I know. The best people. I know. Help I, them. I've got the most fun job. I get to talk to all these farmers. You know, they're great people. No, it really is. It's so great. It's like I'm not interested in debating people who disagree with me. There's millions of people who agree with me, and they're wonderful, and I, I, I love to talk about it. You're losing prime farmland because when the yes, farms go down, in comes the developers. And right. we're not even going to have any great organic farmland. And I'm thinking about our children and... And like when I see young people that want to have babies and I'm just like, you know, you need to be eating organic food before you even conceive, you know, because of these pesticides are just so horrible what they're doing to our children. So, you know, I want to be able to. And for climate change, too, for yeah. climate change, too, Elaine, real organic farming is all about, you know, building the, the soil carbon sponge and so many good things happen for the climate. That's a complex conversation we haven't even touched on, yes, but maybe the most important. And do you have? If there's any, one way. That is there any science? Because that's where I've had um, I've had people come to me and say, "Where's the science that says that that farming is an influence on on global warming that and that regenerative farming is going to reverse uh, climate change?" Do we oh, have sure. there's, Yeah, science. there's tons of science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's tons of science. And, and, I mean, you know, France has made it a national policy to pursue this and to change their agriculture in order to change the climate for a positive way. But I can connect you with some people. Maybe you can have them as guests on your show um, yeah. who are, let's you know, quite articulate. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Well, I just, I just want to, you know, thank you, Dave, because... Um, you give me hope that we we're gonna be able to lick this thing, <laughs> and when and because this is more than just right now. This is we're talking about our future. You know, generation. I want, to, I want to be able to eat organic for the rest of my life, and I want the best. I'm sorry, but nothing but the best for this body right here. No, that's it's right. That <laughs> <laughs> it's that taste. I mean, what is life? without the best tasting food. It's just right. insane. When you add that best tasting food to your to your every day, it just makes life so much more full and so much more enjoyable. I, I just can't see where people can just settle for this food and just eat the same thing over and over and know that it comes from a factory farm and that the nutrition just isn't there because if you love your body, you want your body to have what it needs. You want it to be able to not hurt and, and stay healthy. That's and right. I just, you know, I just wish that I could get that across to people. It's a really <laughs> hard thing to do, but with your help. Well, you know what? I think good food is good food is fun to eat. So, you know, yeah, that's that can sell itself. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You just gotta point out the glaringly obvious. Isn't that taste good? You know, and you give yeah. that to your children and you just like yes. so good about it, you know. I'm giving my kids something that's gonna make them strong and help their brain learn and instead of yeah. the food we're giving our kids are actually damaging their brain and like and sabotaging their, their futures. So that's that's what I really get concerned about. And with your help, Dave, from today with all this great information and so um, the one thing that I didn't ask you about, I'm sorry, I want to add that, is the, the legal um, action that you guys were taking. 
uh, can you give us, because uh, I know that you were challenging um, the hydro oh, yeah. issue in court. Well, I, I, I'm not um, you get to give particularly up big, a big part of the, of the court action. That's the Center for Food Safety, and they're, you know, building a lawsuit right now. They're in what's called the petitioning phase, and that'll go on for another year or something, and then they'll make it into a lawsuit. They're suing the USDA for breaking the law, which they are. USDA is breaking the law. But uh, it's very hard to hold the sheriff accountable. You know, it just is. And, um, well, I know the International you know, think, Certifying Agency, they said that they wouldn't certify hydroponic because right. no soil to show that yeah. you're, they're, they're, the, the inspector is supposed to go in there and find out, did you improve the soil? And when I interviewed um, I think it was Demetria, uh, she, she said, there's no soil for me to determine that's been improved. <laughs> so how right. can I certify this harm? And yeah. and then when she said that, I'm like, these other people are just on the take. You know, they're yeah. just on the take because they're getting they're getting money for this. And and when the CCOF, when I found out that they were part of it, when I had been involved with them since the 1980s, I mean, I just I really became very disappointed. In that well, you know what? I, I, I share your disappointment. In the East, we always considered CCOF to be our heroes. And yeah. then when we found out that they were doing this, it was very disappointing. But you know what I say? Don't give up on it. Take back CCOF. It's just a group of people. And I believe that the majority of the farmers who are part of CCOF completely support us. So let's speak up. Let's speak to the leadership and say, you know... You're wrong. I understand there's a lot of money involved in this. There's a lot of money, and we have to take that very seriously. Driscoll's is a $2.5 billion company. I get it. They cast a big shadow. Nonetheless, you know, we the people, uh, you know, there's a lot of us. They got the money. We got the people. There's, so No matter how, you 